In late October 2022, the governor of Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund, Yasser al-Rumayyan, opened the doors of his palace in Riyadh to the great and the good of global capitalism. It was the fund's annual investment conference. Jared Kushner, President Trump's son-in-law, chatted to Steven Mnuchin, the former U.S. Treasury Secretary. A few Goldman bankers milled around the room. But that was the old money. Really, the attention was focused on two of crypto's biggest stars, Sam Bankman-Fried and Changpeng Zhao, or CZ. Those people wanted to meet Sam. Sam was a very wealthy, very well-known, media-darling, wonder-kind sort of a guy that was very well-capitalized from a group of the leading venture capitalists and sovereign wealth funds. For once, Sam wasn't in shorts. Dressed in slacks and a white T-shirt, he stood with his business partner, Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch, Trump's former communications director. Just a few months earlier, they co-hosted a successful crypto conference in the Bahamas. The Mooch, like many other investors, had no idea that FTX, Sam's crypto exchange, was on the verge of collapse. The vibe about him was still positive. We had great meetings in the Middle East. There was a coalescing of capital that was about to take place. You know, I've been in the business for 35 years, and so I, I don't think I'm exaggerating that. If you interviewed some of these people, they would probably tell you, yeah, I had a good feeling about Sam. But after Sam met with Saudi investors, the mooch heard a worrying rumor. Now, this is hearsay on my part because I wasn't in the meeting. But it got back to me through some people that, hey, you know, Sam was really shitting on CZ and Sam was really suggesting some bad things about CZ to some of the regulators there. That wouldn't be my go-to move. By now, CZ was operating his rival Binance Exchange out of Dubai. He bought his first home there in 2021 after leaving Singapore amid a crackdown on crypto. It was his turf, and he'd worked hard to build an impressive network across the Middle East. It's just not a smart thing to do to badmouth anybody, especially a bigger competitor. It's not good to badmouth about us in our own backyard. CZ didn't know it yet, but Sam's smears came from a place of rising panic. FTX debts were spiraling, and Alameda's books reportedly had become a black hole, sucking in more and more customer cash. If FTX was to stay afloat, he needed to keep bringing in more money and fast. He was trying pretty hard to raise money. The fact that he flew to Saudi to try to raise money there means he was somewhat desperate. But Sam had underestimated his rival. CZ was done tolerating him. And luckily for CZ, an opportunity to bring Sam down would fall into his lap within days of this final meeting in Saudi. I'm Tom Wright, and this is Crypto Kingpins from Project Brazen and USG Audio. Episode 6, Kill Shot. It really begins with Ian Allison, our reporter. He's based in Scotland, and he knows lots of people. Ian Allison is a dogged reporter. He works for Coindesk, a news agency that covers cryptocurrency. And in late October 2022, he just dropped an intriguing scoop into the company Slack Chat. It piqued the interest of Nick Baker. 
the deputy editor-in-chief. I walk into my home office one morning and open up Slack and I see I have a message from Ian where he somewhat nonchalantly says to me that he's got some stuff related to this company, Alameda. For Ian, something about Sam's success didn't sit right. So he asked around, looking for information. And one day, he hit the jackpot. A source in the crypto world agreed to give him secret financial documents from Alameda. Alameda had lost hundreds of millions of dollars on bad crypto trades. It had spent gushes more buying up other firms and fueling a billionaire lifestyle in the Bahamas. These documents didn't show an entire picture of Sam's alleged fraud. But they did give Ian a clue as to Alameda's shaky finances. Of the hedge fund's supposed $15 billion in assets, almost half was essentially worthless. Just some cryptocurrency tokens that FTX had issued itself. It was largely this cryptocurrency that was invented out of thin air by the sister company. And it raises questions of how solid is that foundation? What happens if sentiment about this corporate empire of Sam Bankman-Fried is sours? What happens to that foundation? Does it crumble? To Ian and Nick, it looked like Alameda's purported financial success was a sham. The journalists hadn't uncovered the full story, but they were close to proving he was falsifying his financial statements to make Alameda look healthy. Ian wrote up his story. So our story came out on November 2nd, and it got attention. The question that was asked is, is this empire insolvent? And does this mean somehow that there's some deep financial trouble at Sam Bankman-Fried's empire? CZ was scrolling on his phone in Dubai when he saw the Coindesk story. He'd just returned from the conference in Saudi and his fateful last meeting with Sam. Since then, their relationship had gotten even worse. Sam was publicly gloating about CZ's legal problems in the US, where he was under investigation for money laundering. Sam had tweeted, quote, Excited to see him repping the industry in DC going forward. He is still allowed to go to DC, right? As CZ read through the Coindesk piece, he felt the warm glow of schadenfreude. The Coindesk article just says, look, FTX may be insolvent, may have solvency issues. I scan through the article. I take our news articles with a grain of salt. There may be misunderstandings or narratives being applied. CZ knew the media could be tough on crypto. But as he read the details of the article more closely, he saw that the leaked documents showed something big. Alameda's finances were reliant on crypto tokens that Sam had invented, tokens known as FTT. Then CZ received a message. It was from his finance department. And then our uh, finance girl says, hey, uh, we still have all these FTT tokens. I was like, oh, okay. So I actually forgot about it for like a year and a half. CZ realized he had the equivalent of $500 million of FTT tokens. Maybe the biggest holding outside of Sam's empire anywhere in the world. It gave him huge leverage. The woman in finance asked CZ what he wanted to do. And she says, should we sell it? I was like, yeah, sounds like a reasonable thing to do right now. CZ opened Twitter on his phone and tapped out the words, due to recent revelations that have come to light, we have decided to liquidate any remaining FTT on our books. He hit tweet. Caroline Ellison was in a blind panic. The Alameda CEO knew her company was basically insolvent, propped up by the fake value of these tokens. 
now CZ's tweet risked cratering the price and exposing the reality. The game was almost up. So after my tweet, 16 minutes later, Caroline tweeted saying, hey, we'll buy all the tokens from you at $22. Caroline had made a grave error. The current price of FTT was $24, but her offer revealed how low Alameda could afford to go. Smelling blood, crypto traders began to dump the coin. That tweet was amateur hour. She gave away the floor price for FTT. And when the big traders saw that tweet, they were like, okay, we're going to push this token below this price. So the traders knew that was a break price. So um, they broke it. It was not my tweet that caused the FTT price to tank. It was Carolyn's reply. Just as investors can pile billions of dollars into crypto when they sense profit, they can pull out billions when they sense fear. Sophisticated traders and mom-and-pop investors alike started to yank their funds from the FTX exchange, concerned for its financial stability. It was an old-fashioned bank run. The overall balance of digital assets on the venue has tumbled 87%. Investors withdrew Bitcoin in bulk from FTX over the last 24 hours. An epic bank run culminated when the exchange announced a halt to withdrawals. As the panic deepened, CZ called out Sam's backstabbing for the first time, tweeting, We won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs. It was a twist of the knife. Sam desperately tried to restore calm, tweeting, FTX is fine, assets are fine. But it was too late. Sam's reassurances would fall on deaf ears. The headlines coming out of the Bahamas were bad. Panicked investors tried to contact Sam to get some idea of what was going on. Among them was the mooch. There was some noise in the marketplace that he needed capital. I called his father. I said, Joe, is everything okay? Can I be of help to you guys? Sam's father, Joe Bankman, a 68-year-old Stanford professor, was in the Bahamas working on charity projects with Sam when the tsunami of withdrawals hit. Joe told the mooch that FTX needed cash to meet the demand. The mooch was ready to help. But just how much did the exchange need to stay afloat? So at 7 o'clock, he told me it was a billion. At 10 o'clock, he told me it was 2.5 to 3 billion. With each call to Joe, the hole just seemed to get bigger and bigger. And then when I hung up the phone, I said to my wife, you know, I'm flying down to the Bahamas. Scaramucci had skin in the game. He'd sold a 30% stake in his firm, Skybridge Capital, to Sam for $45 million. But Sam had persuaded the mooch to invest $10 million of it back into the FTT token. He stood to lose a lot of money. I said, it doesn't make sense what I'm being told. I have to go down there because you're not going to get this off a Zoom or a telephone call. I just sold 30% of my business to this guy. If he's in trouble, I'm a very good partner. Trust me, in a foxhole, you want my ass there with you, okay? Because I'll fight alongside of you. So if he's in trouble, I want to be there to help him. If he's done something bad, I at least want to understand it so I can fucking protect my firm. On November the 8th, 48 hours after CZ's tweet, the mooch arrived in the Bahamas. And the moment he walked into Sam's Albany penthouse, he could feel the panic in the room. The pain on Joe Bankman's face is not 
something that I can really appropriately or fairly describe to you because you know a picture speaks a thousand words the anguish that that man had on his face that his son was in trouble Scaramucci tried to get a hold on the situation he asked Daniel Friedberg general counsel at Alameda what was going on the general counsel told me that $7 billion of money, approximately, was moved from customer accounts to Alameda. With bankruptcy looming, Sam had been forced to admit to a wider circle of FTX employees that the money was gone. And he then said to me, well, what should I do? And I looked at him, I said, well, listen, I said, uh, you got to tell the truth, man. You got to tell people what happened. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. You got to tell people the truth. $8 billion in missing funds. This was shaping up as one of the largest financial meltdowns in U.S. history. The next day, the general counsel and his whole legal team quit. So that tells you something right there. News of the missing $8 billion hadn't hit the media yet, but things were moving fast. Bloomberg reported the FBI was investigating FTX. A digital empire gone in a flash after the implosion of a massive crypto exchange. FTX now under federal investigation. The FTX debacle has garnered the attention of prosecutors. The U.S. attorney's office in Manhattan is interested in the collapse of FTX. Senior executives at FTX U.S. urged Sam to step down. He was too toxic. But he ignored them, insisting FTX would be fine with a fresh influx of cash. But there was only one person in crypto who had the kind of money Sam needed. To save FTX, he'd have to ask for help from the man who just brought him down. I was in Dubai, and then he says he wants to chat. Staring down a multi-billion dollar black hole in his business, Sam's options were limited. Only Binance, worth $300 billion, had enough firepower to bail him out. Just days earlier, Sam had been taunting CZ. Uh, he first was quite cagey, and then he was like, well, we're open to um, selling the entirety of FTX. I was like, well, if he says that, um, there's got to be some trouble. CZ was suspicious, but he was under pressure too. There are growing concerns about a contagion risk from the implosion of Sam Bankman-Fried's empire. The crypto lending arm of Genesis just halted withdrawals in the latest sign of contagion for the industry. The impact has been immediate and extensive. I said, look, uh, we don't want FTX to go down because if FTX goes down, there's a lot of damage everywhere. Bitcoin's price was in freefall and investors began to pull hundreds of millions of dollars from Binance too. So we said, let's take a look. And then he mentioned some numbers, and then we signed an LOI, just so that the teams can do the due diligence. And then uh, he wanted to announce very quickly. Binance announced it had signed an LOI, or letter of intent, to take over FTX. CZ had prevailed. The market calmed. But CZ didn't know that at least $8 billion was missing. The scale of the rot soon became apparent. But then as our team's doing the due diligence, there was this other loan that's a billion dollars. There was this other thing that's a couple billion dollars. Uh, FTX US is not included in it. If it's included, it's another however many billion dollars. He says it's messy. Uh, you probably don't want to go there. I was like, okay. 
very quickly understood that most of the customer funds are probably missing. And so this guy's probably moved like probably around double digit billings uh, customer funds and lost all of it, most of it. CZ was in a group chat on the encrypted messaging app Signal with Sam and some other senior FTX executives, including Daniel Friedberg, the general counsel who had told the mooch about the missing $8 billion. The general counsel of uh, FTX, he signed the LOI and then he quit within a couple of hours. He left the chat group. I was like, if the general counsel is leaving at this hour and a, a few other employees from FTX, there was a bunch of them quitting at the same time. This is on the day we signed the LOI. Like, that's got to be something wrong here, right? Most of his employees did not know what's going on. So he probably lied to his employees. If Sam was willing to lie to his own staff, how could CZ trust anything he said? And then I asked my team, like, can we still trust any of the data we're seeing? Like, why would this guy not lie to us now? We can't believe any of the data. Well, we're not sure if there's continued lies. So we said, well, if that's the case, trust is lost. We can't do the deal, right? We, like, we don't believe what we're looking at. Down in the Bahamas, the mooch was just as skeptical. So when I left the Bahamas, there was a feeling that a deal was going to get done with CZ. There was a feeling. But I didn't think it was going to happen because of my conversation with the general counsel. A $1 to $2 billion rescue and you end up owning FTX? No problem. A $8 billion fiasco? You know, you can't do that. Scaramucci was right. The next day, CZ backed out of the deal. I just sent a message in the group, said, look, Sam, we're not going to be able to do the deal. So that's off. And we never chatted afterwards. When news of CZ's decision broke, customers withdrew $5 billion from FTX on a single day. Sam was running out of options. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. As rumors of the huge financial holes spread through the company, employees were jumping off the sinking ship. In an FTX group chat, Caroline Ellison wrote that she was, quote, kind of worried that everyone is going to quit. Caroline was tired of hiding the truth. She was tired of answering to Sam. And so she called an all-hands meeting of Alameda employees. In a trembling voice, she admitted that the hedge fund had been taking FTX customer money to make investments and pay off lenders. Along with herself and Sam, she said, Nishad Singh and Gary Wang also knew about the missing funds. After the meeting, employees began quitting, many heading straight to the airport in the Bahamas. According to the FT, local rental car companies had begun demanding their vehicles back. Some hotels started turning FTX staff onto the street. By November the 11th, only five days after CZ had first tweeted, Sam had reached the end of the road. 
FTX filed for bankruptcy. He'd lost control and his secrets would soon be out in the open. Tonight, the cryptocurrency world is reeling after the meltdown of one of its most popular trading platforms. FTX has filed for bankruptcy and its CEO Sam Bankman-Fried will step down. This bankruptcy filing includes Bankman-Fried's quant trading firm Alameda Research and 134 affiliated companies all over the world. Caroline had been avoiding Sam, but as her emotions swirled, she reached out to him to discuss the implosion of the company they'd built together. Court records show that in a message to Sam, Caroline wrote, I just had an increasing dread of this day that was weighing on me. Now that it's actually happening, it just feels great to get it over with, she told him. We don't know whether Sam responded, but we do know what he did next. Sam knew he had to fight to stay out of jail. He'd laid the groundwork to blame Caroline by putting her in charge of Alameda. Soon, he would put that plan into action. Without objection, your written statement will be made part of the record. You will have five minutes to present your oral testimony. You should be On the 13th of December, 2022, a new CEO appeared to represent FTX in the halls of Congress. It was a radical shift. John J. Ray III was in his mid-60s and wearing a sharp navy blue suit as he testified before the House Financial Services Committee. The FTX group's collapse appears to stem from absolute concentration of control in the hands of a small group of grossly inexperienced, non-sophisticated individuals who failed to implement virtually any of the systems or controls that are necessary for a company entrusted with other people's money or assets. Best known for serving as CEO of Enron after its accounting scandal and recovering more than $800 million for creditors, Ray's job was to get the missing funds back. But this time around, he was hunting an even bigger bounty. The company has at least an $8 billion hole in its balance sheet. It's an $8 billion hole in FTX's balance sheet. Sources now saying that FTX has at least an $8 billion hole on that balance sheet. Ray was astonished by the wreckage, as he told Congress in December 2022. While many questions remain, we know the following. First, customer assets at FTX.com were commingled with assets from the Alameda trading platform. Second, Alameda used client funds to engage in margin trading, which exposed customer funds to massive losses. Third, the FTX group went on a spending binge in 2021-2022, during which $5 billion was spent on a myriad of businesses and investments. Fourth, loans and other payments were made to insiders in excess of $1.5 billion. Those payments to insiders John Ray mentions, they were far from equal. Unsurprisingly, Sam transferred the most to himself, an enormous $2.2 billion. Almost $590 million went to FTX engineering chief Nishad Singh, and about $250 million went to Sam's co-founder, Gary Wang. Caroline, though, the only female exec, received $6 million in payments, just a fraction of Sam's other accomplices. That's not, of course, to suggest that she's a victim here. You know, there are many who need and deserve answers. There's customers, there's creditors, there's investors, counterparties, employees, and regulators. Despite the media frenzy, the federal investigation, and the fact that he'd been forced to step down as CEO, Sam didn't opt to lie low. Instead, 
he embarked on a global media tour. I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone. I, I was shocked by what happened this month. On the 30th of November 2022, Sam made a surprise appearance at a New York Times deal book event. He'd been billed to appear, but no one believed he'd actually be as brazen as to show up to defend himself while billions of dollars remained missing from his business. It appears like there's been a, a genuine commingling of the funds that are of FTX customers that were not supposed to be commingled with your separate firm. I didn't knowingly commingle funds. Then Sam started to turn the blame on Caroline, although he wasn't brave enough to actually name her. I mean, look, I wasn't running Alameda. I, I didn't know exactly what was going on. Sam was saying that if only he'd paid more attention to what Caroline was doing, he could have stopped this meltdown. Um, uh, a lot of these are things I've learned over the last month that I learned as I was sort of frantically digging into this. Uh, obviously, that... That's a pretty big oversight that I wasn't more aware. Sam was not going to own up to this. In fact, he used the press tour to insist this was all some kind of mix-up. It often made for painful listening, like this interview with Good Morning America. Did you know that FTX deposits were used to pay off Alameda creditors? Staring at the floor, Sam quietly repeats the question to himself. Uh... I don't know of FTX deposits being used to pay off Alameda creditors. Are you, uh, which, which creditors are you referring to? Did you know that these funds were being funneled to Alameda? What is your answer? I did not know that there is any improper uh, use of customer funds. Sam stumbled, um denard rarely gave a direct answer. He conducted interview after interview, appeared in live stream Twitter chats, even sent candid messages to journalists. Kelsey Piper of Vox asked Sam in a Twitter DM about his commitment to effective altruism. He replied, it's what reputations are made of, this dumb game we woke Westerners play. But what about his efforts to become the most regulated crypto exchange in the US, Kelsey asked. Sam DM'd her back, yeah, just PR. Fuck regulators. She published the exchange in its entirety. Sam's mask finally had slipped. His decision to choose media exposure rather than hide from it was ill-advised, to say the least. But Ken White, a lawyer in federal criminal defense, wasn't surprised. Lots of people think they can talk their way out of problems, even federal criminal problems. It's particularly a problem with the self-made millionaires and billionaires, the sort of masters of the universe type uh, people who think they're smarter than everybody else. Ken had seen Sam's type before, the kind of person who thinks even when caught red-handed, they can outsmart the rest of the world. He's just like the dictionary definition of hubris. And that's absolutely fatal because you get out there thinking you can talk your way out of anything. In an interview with crypto blogger Tiffany Fong, Sam said his lawyers were pleading with him to stop saying he fucked up. Lawyers shoot me the fuck out for that one. I told them to go fuck themselves. I don't think they know what they're talking I mean, whatever, they don't understand the broader context of the world. Eventually, his lawyer dropped him and he was forced to find another. That is a classic 
attorney problem uh, with super rich, super successful people. They think they know better than you. You're just a dumb lawyer. If you were smart, you'd be a Bitcoin billionaire. And even as interviewers repeatedly pressed him, Sam refused to recognize any wrongdoing. You're certain that once the dust has settled and once all the investigations have happened, that you won't be arrested for fraud? I don't think I will be. I don't think that I, uh, I don't think I tried to do anything wrong. Sam was confident he could ride the whole thing out. He was wrong. One of the most powerful people in the cryptocurrency industry, Sam Bankman-Fried, arrested overnight in the Bahamas. It was around 6 p.m. on December the 12th, starting to get dark, when Barmanian police showed up at Sam's Albany penthouse. So far, Sam Bankman-Fried's legal team is not commenting on his arrest. Sam was held at Fox Hill, the Bahamas' only prison, a notorious complex infested with rats and maggots. The following day, the Southern District of New York made public its criminal charges against Sam. The federal charges just unsealed. They include wire fraud, securities fraud, and intent to defraud the United States government. I don't know if he's been in personal denial about the fact that this is, appears to be an $8 billion theft, but if that's how it is prosecuted, he's facing substantial amount of prison time. At the same time, prosecutors were closing in on Sam's inner circle. I'm announcing that the Southern District of New York has filed charges against Caroline Ellison, the former CEO of Alameda Research. But Caroline wouldn't go down with Sam. Facing 100 years in jail, she decided to turn state's witness. Kids, if you're ever in a criminal conspiracy involving $10 billion that are vaporized, especially from customers, snitch as fast as possible. They're probably (laughs) going to have a much more comfortable life because of it while their former colleague rots in a prison cell somewhere for a long time. Gary Wang, the co-founder of FTX, and Nishad Singh, who'd helped build the coding backdoor to steal money, would also start cooperating. In the Bahamas, Sam was ferried from his cell to a court hearing. Video footage showed him leaving prison, head down, in a dark suit. He looked bedraggled and unshaven. He's facing an initial court appearance in the Bahamas this morning. Uh, Just a stunning fall from someone who was once considered crypto's golden boy. We understand a judge in that courthouse has denied his application for bail, declaring him too much of a flight risk. After just over a week in Fox Hill, Sam stopped fighting his extradition from the Bahamas. He was going home to the US to face trial. But Sam hadn't given up on blaming Caroline. Her role would be a major part of his defense strategy. Just before Christmas, Sam landed at Westchester County Airport in New York. His hands shackled in front of him, accompanied by federal agents. A judge granted bail, and Sam was soon back at his parents' house in Palo Alto. The former FTX CEO is out on a $250 million bond, the largest ever for pretrial bail in U.S. history. That bond will be secured in part by the equity in Bankman Freed's parents' California home, where he will remain under house arrest. Bankman-Fried has to wear a monitor, electric monitor. Also, he had to surrender his passport. The judge decided Bankman-Fried wasn't a flight risk since he's gained what they called sufficient notoriety, making it impossible to engage in more financial crimes. Sam's trial begins in early October. He's facing seven felony counts, including money laundering and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. 
He's pleaded not guilty. As the trial approaches, Sam hasn't stopped playing angles. The Department of Justice is accusing former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried of leaking the private diary of ex-Alameda Research CEO Caroline Ellison to The New York Times. In July, The New York Times published some deeply personal insights into Caroline's state of mind. They were notes from an online diary written back in February 2022, a couple of months after her last breakup with Sam. We quoted from them in episode five. The Department of Justice was furious. Caroline was their star witness. U.S. attorneys argue that this could taint the jury pool, constitute harassment of Ellison, or deter potential trial witnesses from testifying. U.S. attorney Damian Williams accused Sam of trying to interfere with a fair trial. By selectively sharing certain private documents with the New York Times, he said, the defendant is attempting to discredit a witness. The judge agreed, and he pulled Sam's home arrest ordering he be held instead in a Brooklyn detention center ahead of the trial. Sam was trying to advance his defense through the press. What defense, you might be asking? That Ellison was a jilted lover, Williams said, who perpetrated these crimes alone. You'd think that CZ, back in Dubai, would have enjoyed watching Sam go down. After all, he's the last crypto kingpin left standing. Sam, his nemesis, the man who called him a money launderer and a Chinese spy, is no longer a threat. And Sam himself appeared to admit that he'd lost, telling the New York Times in the days after FTX's bankruptcy that picking a fight with CZ was, quote, not a good strategic move. But CZ has his own problems. The Securities and Exchange Commission filing charges against Binance and its founder CZ for mishandling customer funds and breaking securities rules. The SEC sued Binance and its founder Chengpeng Zhao, alleging that they worked to attract U.S. customers, commingled investor funds with their own. SEC Chair Gary Gensler saying in a statement today that the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, quote, engaged in an extensive web of deception and calculated evasion of the law. In June 2023, the SEC filed 13 civil charges against Binance and CZ. The lawsuit alleged that Binance sent customer funds to a company controlled by CZ and evaded laws designed to protect American investors. Customers pulled $1 billion from the Binance exchange on the news. Binance denies the accusations. And CZ is asking people not to confuse him with Sam. We're not trying to make money trading against our users. We don't do that but he acknowledges that crypto needs to work hard to improve its reputation. There's a lot of damage being done, right? So a consumer confidence is lost. A lot of people lost money. Regulators are going to be scrutinized much more on the user asset protection part of it. So we as an industry need to regain that trust and we should be much more transparent. With FTX in bankruptcy and Binance under pressure, it appears that crypto's boom era is over. It's not just Sam's empire that collapsed. Many crypto success stories, Voyager, Celsius, Three Arrows, they founded. Former promoters have been arrested or are on the run, and angry investors are battling in US courts to claw back their money. In its early days, crypto diehards boasted that the sector would democratize finance, end inflation, and even help poor countries get access to funding. But you still can't use crypto to buy much in the real world. 
In reality, crypto so far appears to have done little more than facilitate gambling in offshore centers without rules. And it made a savvy few exorbitantly rich, while a huge number of regular investors lost their shirts. Bitcoin still has its fervent supporters, and crypto is unlikely to totally disappear. But after recent losses, estimates put the entire crypto industry at only 0.2% of total global financial assets. It's unlikely, as Elon Musk once predicted, to become planet Earth's future currency. What's perhaps most surprising in this story is how a feud between two crypto kingpins led to the collapse of an entire industry, wiping out tens of billions of dollars in market value. These days, Sam is no longer the cocky young upstart ready to change the face of finance. I'm broke and wearing an ankle monitor and one of the most hated people in the world, he wrote in a 15,000-word Twitter thread that he never posted, according to the New York Times. There will probably never be anything I can do to make my lifetime impact net positive. Sam may have given up on his utopian dreams, but he's still not ready to take responsibility. The truth, he wrote, is that I did what I thought was right. We're going to be following Sam's trial closely. For more, watch out for bonus episodes of Crypto Kingpins, wherever you get your podcasts. Crypto Kingpins is a USG audio production in partnership with Project Brazen. It's written by me, Tom Wright, and managing producer, Megan Dean. From Project Brazen, Bradley Hope and I are executive producers. Josh Block is our executive producer from USG Audio. Mariangel Gonzalez and Nick Brennan are senior producers. Georgia G, Lucy Harley McEwen, and Ben Walsh are reporters for the project. Susie Armitage is story editor. Claire Urban is sound design supervisor, with sound design by Alex Port Felix. Seymour Milton is composer. Lucy Woods is head of research. Ryan Ho is series creative director, and Julien Pradier is series designer. Noor Abdel Latif is podcast strategist. Production management from USG Audio by Josh Laulongi. For more information on this podcast and other podcasts from USG Audio, go to our website, usgaudio.com. <laughs> <laughs>